Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will help you make your transformation that lasts with episodes about nutrition and the all-important art of inner work. I've been dropping hints about exciting news on the horizon that is going to take our free calorie and macro calculator worksheet to a new level and move you along the road on your journey to a sustainable transformation. And today I'm going to give you a few more details. One of the most important parts about our online nutrition coaching program is the community support. So now that we've had a whopping 12,000 people download and use our free calorie and macro calculator worksheet, we decided that it's time to add community for all of you to share your experience, access some more helpful resources, and also join some monthly challenges. It'll be a nice little taste of our online coaching experience. Here's what our online coaching client, Rob Frazier, had to say about the community aspect of our coaching. I've been actually really surprised about the online uh, platform. I like uh, working with other people who care about nutrition and fitness. I'm not big on Facebook. I don't like to spend my time there and there's lots of other distractions. So I like having this dedicated community where I can go. And uh, when I'm feeling that um, uh, lack of kind of commitment or I need a, a kind of little bump up, it's nice to see people posting about what they're working towards and then always have a place that I can share uh, a little success in meal prep or a little success in my my uh, weight trend line uh, because it's hard to always tell my brother-in-law or some of my family I feel like they're kind of getting sick of it and they don't want day-to-day updates whereas this community actually really kind of cares and on bad days gives uh, encouragement and on the good days uh, a lot of kind of high fives and cheering uh, of other people. We will officially roll out the community on December 1st. And next week, we will announce our first monthly challenge on the show. In order to get an invitation to the free community when it launches, you must have downloaded our calorie and macro calculator worksheet at beyondmacros.com slash worksheet. And you must also be an active subscriber on our mailing list. If you happen to unsubscribe, we've got an opportunity to get some great free resources in today's show notes at beyondmacros.com slash 55, and we did update the calorie and macro calculator worksheet recently, so it's worth downloading it again. We will also have some epic updates to our online coaching program being announced in the next few weeks, so stay tuned to learn how we're making it even easier and more affordable for you to get truly personalized coaching that will help you make a transformation that lasts for life. And now, for the show you've all been waiting for, we're going to talk about a timely little topic how to navigate your nutrition during the holidays without being that girl or that guy who brought their food scale and meal prep container full of chicken breast and broccoli to Thanksgiving dinner. Here in the U.S., we are on the precipice of that time of year where peer pressure seems to trump personal power. Thanksgiving marks the point where giving in to optimal foraging theory and binging on food and alcohol during an endless barrage of dinner parties with friends, office parties with coworkers, and family gatherings begins. But let me tell you a little secret. You don't have to choose between being that guy or that girl at the dinner table and staying healthy. It's a false dichotomy. You can have your stuffing and eat it too. 
And today's episode is going to teach you how. We'll start with the big picture and narrow down to the nitty-gritty details about situations you might find yourself in. From a big picture perspective, you can expect that the events you will be invited to between now and January 1st are going to be numerous. You have 47 days between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve that will be filled with willpower landmines. And then it seems that all humans collectively get on the same page about pursuing health again because it's a new year. Let's take a second before the madness begins to make a solid plan. I think it goes without saying that being extreme about your diet over the next 47 days is going to be very stressful. If we zoom out, the stress of trying to manage and control everything in your diet is going to have worse health consequences than a few off-plan food choices. So I think it's important to build some slack into the system over the next 47 days when we take a more holistic view of your health. If you are okay with giving yourself one event per week where you can relax and enjoy good company, that gives you seven events between now and New Year's Eve to relax your focus and just enjoy being present with your company and your food. And I know that's scary for people. Some people think they're all or nothing and will turn into a monster without extreme oversight and restrictive rules to guide them. But we will discuss where you can put your focus to both enjoy yourself and avoid disaster. Before we get there, I recommend you look at a calendar and determine which events you want to take this get out of tracking free card and put it into play. My recommendation is to identify the dinners, parties, and family gatherings that you are really looking forward to. Love your office fam? Put your holiday office party on the calendar as one of your special seven. Salivating just thinking about your mom's famous stuffing? Put your family's Thanksgiving dinner on the calendar as another one of your special seven. Got big plans for New Year's with your friends and know there will be drinks involved? Put that on the calendar as one of your special seven. You might find that after putting a few on your calendar, that you still have one to two wild cards that you can put into play for some last minute plans. And please note that this special seven doesn't mean that you can't go to more than seven events over the next 47 days. It just means that you have seven events to relax your standards, enjoy your company, and go with the flow. At the rest of the events you find yourself attending, enjoy the company, but keep things under control. Stick to your good eating habits with some pre-planning and by focusing on eating the right portions of food for your goals. Don't deviate from what a normal meal looks like. For the special seven, feel free to let your hair down and enjoy food choices you might normally avoid. But do it with this frame of mind. Your body does not operate in binaries. You don't have bad day, good day that cancels each other out. A bad day of eating can turn into a terrible day of eating, which can turn into a disastrous day of eating. And one disastrous day of eating cannot simply be undone by a day or two of good eating. If you crush an extra 4,000 calories of food and drink in one night, which is surprisingly easy to do, it will take you more than a week to counteract that decision. And if you're letting your hair down every week, well, you're going to be taking quite a few steps backwards this holiday season. 
That is why during your special seven events, you absolutely must avoid the slippery slope of thinking, well, I already made one bad decision. What's one more? Enjoy yourself, but don't get greedy. Don't make two bad decisions because two becomes three becomes four. Go read the cautionary tale if you give a mouse a cookie. If you really want to drive this idea home, it's entertaining. And that brings us down to some situational strategies you can use to keep things in control. The first situation I find is a common trap during the holidays, and it relates back to that slippery slope I just mentioned. Let me paint the picture. You've had an absolutely lovely dinner with great company. You ate until you were content and even enjoyed the stuffing and potatoes au gratin, which you normally would pass up. You can't imagine eating another bite of food. And then desserts come out. That pumpkin pie just looks so good. It brings up a flood of childhood memories and you realize you're salivating. So you decide, what the heck? Cut off one little slice of pumpkin pie. It's a paleo pumpkin pie. The first bite hits your lips and all of a sudden the sugar it contains finds a way to convince your brain that you do in fact have way more room in your stomach than you thought. And have you ever noticed that nobody ever bakes too few desserts for a party? Desserts always manage to sit there staring into your soul and tempting you with those sweet little puppy dog eyes to just eat one more while you're trying to relax and enjoy some post-meal conversation. God, I hate it when pumpkin pie says something like, Eat me, Mr. Matt. I only come around once a year. Aren't you afraid you'll miss out? Get your fill while I'm here. And don't go wasting food now. That's the number three contributor to global warming, you know? No, Mr. Pumpkin Pie Slice. Why? Why are you tempting me so? I found myself going back and just cutting off one more little sliver of pie. And before I can sit back down, I've faced it. And for some reason, I still feel unsatisfied. So, ten little slivers later, I've crutched two more slices of pumpkin pie. Oops. So, how do you deal with situations like this? I found a few options that work for me, and a few others that clients have had success with. The first option might sound weird, and that's by design. After eating one dessert, if there is still lean protein or vegetables available, go eat some of them slowly. It might sound weird because who eats meat and veggies after dessert? And that's exactly the point of this exercise. The protein and bulk of the vegetables should quickly remind you whether your pie craving is coming from a place of hunger or if it's coming from a place of being a sugar-crazed primate who hallucinates that desserts are talking to him. The second strategy that can help if there isn't any protein or veggies available after the desserts have been served is to get the remaining desserts out of your visual field. I dealt with some binge eating issues as a young man, and nothing was more stressful to me than leftover food sitting out right under my nose while I'm trying to have a conversation after the meal. It's like there's this white gorilla with purple spots sitting on the table, and I'm somehow supposed to ignore it. I know from years of experience working with clients that this is a common occurrence. It's not just me. So here are some solutions that have worked. If you're at a restaurant, you can ask to have the leftovers taken away or boxed up for someone who is not you. 
It's the season of giving, and there are plenty of cold, hungry people who will gladly accept what you don't need to be eating. If you're at a friend or family's house, you can offer to help out by putting the leftovers away and get those tempting desserts out of your sight so you can actually enjoy some conversation without pumpkin pie eyes staring into your soul, begging you to devour them. Or you can just relocate the conversation to another room away from the kitchen and dining area. Problem solved. I've called this process putting the meal to sleep after I started a practice of using my napkin to tuck in my leftover food at a restaurant in order to remove it from my visual awareness. It's a surprisingly effective ritual. Now, another situation you might find yourself in is traveling to share a holiday with a family whose definition of two servings of vegetables is french fries with ketchup. Wrapped up in this situation is a few challenges. First is the travel. If you are traveling by air, expect Murphy's Law to be in full effect. Plan for a canceled or massively delayed flight. You should pack two meal prep containers, ideally. One with a hot meal and one with a salad. Hit your local healthy grocery market and fill up at their hot bar and salad bar if you don't have time to cook these. While you're there, pick up protein bars, jerky, and some fruit so you have snacks with you. Some of my personal favorite travel snacks are baby food, Epic Bars, RX Bars, Epic Hunt and Harvest Mix, Crunchy Garbanzo Beans, Berries, Jerky, and a Floss Pick. The same applies to traveling by car, although when you're traveling by car, you've got more options. You can stop at a grocery store, or you can stop at a restaurant that allows you to build your own meal like Chipotle along the way. It's a lot easier. If you head over to the show notes at beyondmacros.com slash 55, you can download our free Navigating the Holidays resource pack, which is going to include our famous travel packing and snacking list. But what about when you get to your family's house? I think that offering to cook and bring a dish is always welcome as long as you aren't bringing grilled chicken breast and steamed broccoli. For the most part, I found that people are not shy when it comes to cooking enough meat for holiday dinners. You should be covered on the protein front unless you're plant-based, in which case your family is either used to accommodating your needs or at least used to you prepping for your own. Where you're likely to get screwed at one of these dinners is with way too many portions of starch covered in fat or processed carbohydrates, while there's nowhere near enough veggies worth eating. So instead of settling for a salad that consists of iceberg lettuce, shredded carrots with a slice of cucumber, and a dollop of ranch dressing, why not offer to cook up the most delicious vegetable dish your family has ever set eyes upon? Bacon Brussels sprouts, anyone? Or how about Brussels sprouts with peanut sauce? Maybe if you're not culinarily gifted, assemble a salad that actually tastes good and has good ingredients. I'm not sure if culinarily is a word, but... I think you get what I mean. In addition to the travel packing and snacking list, I'm also going to send you some easy and delicious recipes you can make for holiday parties in our Navigating the Holidays resource pack at beyondmacros.com slash 55. That way you can bring a welcome dish to dinner. And the last tough situation I want to talk about is your movement practice. Whatever you do, don't put your gym membership on hold. You want it to be easy to get into the gym and train when you have the time. 
even if you can only make it once per week to the gym, and because of that, it doesn't technically make financial sense to have a full unlimited membership, the fact that you're paying the gym's available and nothing has changed about your routine means you're much more likely to make it in versus if you were just to give up your membership and then more likely give up training altogether for the next 47 days. And if you're feeling stressed out by the holiday season, feel free to modify and cherry pick workouts so that the fun factor is there. I mean, it's supposed to be the best hour of your day when you go to the gym. So Maybe even go take a few classes you normally wouldn't and bring some family along with you. Simply put, just don't stop moving. You should scope out the gym situation wherever you're traveling or bring a kettlebell with you. If you can't get to a gym to get a full workout in, there's no reason you can't do some bodyweight work, swing a kettlebell, take a walk, or finally get into that stretching routine that you've been fantasizing about. The final Of the three bonuses we'll send you when you sign up for our free Navigating the Holidays resource pack is going to be a list of some minimal or no equipment workouts that you can do while traveling without gym access. And before we conclude today's episode, remember to respect your own personal power and be confident in your choices. If you seem unsure about what you're doing and why, your friends and family will sense that weakness and turn the peer pressure up to 11. We humans are surprisingly like crabs in a bucket. And the peer pressure is going to challenge your inner work, but you should welcome the challenge. How are you going to respond to the tests that the end of 2018 will throw at you? Will you practice standing stronger and more confident with your power? Or will you practice letting others dictate how you will act? Lucky for you, next week's episode is going to be a follow-up with Mark England of Procabulary. And his stories are going to be a great reminder for you about how words can help you get what you want in life. So, make sure you're subscribed to get that episode and more details about the new free community that will accompany our calorie and macro calculator worksheet. You can download the worksheet today at beyondmacros.com worksheet and download our Navigating the Holidays resource pack in the show notes at beyondmacros.com 55. Get on it and share your favorite lessons from the show on social media. Tag us at Beyond Macros on Instagram in your stories for a shout out. I absolutely love hearing from you listeners. And with so much information in this episode, I really want to know what lands for you. And then I want to amplify those messages so others can learn from them too. As always, thanks for listening. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Much love, Beyond Macronians. <laughs>